Welcome to Life Talks with Lauren. This podcast is all about having conversations around what's real for us and swapping shame and judgment for courage and connection. We'll cover topics like self-love, relationships, body image, mental health, and so much more. Think of it like getting together with one of your good friends and chatting about life. So grab your glass of wine, mug of tea, or your favorite drink, and let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Life Talks with Lauren. And today I have my guest, Jason, joining me, aka my husband. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. It's actually like evening almost 6 p.m. <laughs> and in Japanese we say konbanwa. 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 I think that's how you say it. Anyways, we are just sitting down recording our first episode together since I've transitioned the podcast over to Live Talks with Lauren and many of you I know are excited for us to or for me really, to start the podcast back up again. So I appreciate all the support I've gotten so far, all the new subscribers, and I promised Allie that I'd give you a shout out. So hey, Allie, (laughs) thanks for listening. I enjoyed our brunch the other day. Oh my gosh, we had the best French toast. I told you about it. Mm -hmm. They have a thing over here where they like put French toast on sourdough bread. Have you noticed that? No, I haven't. You have a few French toasts, haven't you? Um, like instead of where they normally put it on like Texas toast, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like on sourdough. I've noticed that with uh, San Francisco Cafe, they put it like on a baguette, like a long baguette. Mm -hmm. And so it's like hard, but I love crusty bread. Mm -hmm. But the, oh my gosh, the French toast that we just had, I have to take you to this place. I forget what it's called. But anyway. (laughs) How are you going to take me there if you forget what it's called? Because I remember where it's at. It's Uh, next to the seawall, so... Cool. Delicious, delicious. And then I still have to take you to the... I had this, um, what do you call it? Eggs Benedict. Oh, I did one place with like that Adam went to. Pool, yeah, Cafe Hale, Hale Noah or something. And like with the pulled pork and salmon that was snuck into it, which I don't like salmon, but I couldn't even tell. Yeah, because it was mixed in with the salsa. Yeah, and so I must have been just like soft or I don't know what the texture would have been. You know how some people put like. It is soft because they put it like like Adam was telling me like they put it in whatever that like salsa they had on there. Mm-hmm. It was it was mixed in there. Yeah, because I I think people will have like bagels with like it's like a salmon mm-hmm. thing on mm-hmm. top or whatever. I don't even know what it's called, but anyway. So I feel like it was like that. So I would definitely have it again. And mm, brunch. <laughs> I just love brunch. So we are sitting down for. And we're going to try and record an episode together at least like once every few weeks or so. Jason's about to start classes, so Next he, month, he yeah. just informed me right before we started this and then upset me. <laughs> she's she's known. I just may have not realized that I'm going to have to put a time limit on it because we have homework and stuff to do. That's all. Yeah, so we'll have to, I guess, be even more intentional with our time, which I'll talk about in a minute. And yeah, so so we started this thing a few weeks ago called Mindful Monday, Mindfulness Mondays because we've been together for like over 10 years now and I feel like when you're with someone that long, it's easy to just get in a rut and 
like you're not like doing sexy things as much anymore or intentionally spending time together where mm -hmm. it's like you know you dress up and you do your hygiene routine or whatever like you know we're kind of in other words in a sex rut yeah just been chilling doing our own thing busy with stuff with life yeah. especially when i get home from work i just like want to decompress have to kind of like do certain things probably around the house real quick as soon as i get home but other than that i just want to like decompress and like turn my brain off yeah it's hard when you're an adult and you there are people that are important to you in your life like we were just talking about this how friendship as an adult is hard because you're like how do you prioritize your time and it is hard like learning to prioritize your relationships and stuff so we came up with mindfulness mondays which is just about us taking time out to connect every monday and i for me have noticed it helps to sometimes well sometimes i'll take a shower right before but today i showered after the gym so it's fine and i'm kind of out of commission anyway if you know what i mean um but i just at least like to put on an outfit that makes me feel good or at least not like wearing sweats around the house and you know i touched up my hair and makeup if you notice i put on some perfume i forgot to put on deodorant but i think i was already maybe wearing some i don't know just don't smell my armpits i don't plan <laughs> and what we do is we just decide every monday like what we want to do and it can be either it's just about connecting so it can be either related to sexual activities or just connecting so i thought it would be the perfect perfect time to sit down and podcast too so that we can kind of catch up or talk about things that are on our minds or things that are in like trendy or whatever pop culture or whatever just and you can sit down and just i guess listen and feel like you're hanging out with us exactly yeah because like even last weekend uh last monday because it was a holiday weekend yeah uh, coming off of Father's Day in Juneteenth, uh, we just took Orca on a walk, you know, and that was the Mindful Monday uh, thing where we just, like, walked and talked and just talked about different stuff. So, yeah, like like Lauren said, it's sometimes it's, like, it's more sexual, but the main part is to be mindful and just to, to be present with one another. Yeah, which I think it can be so easy to get into the habit of not being present with the person that you live with because again they're just in your space all the time and so you think like oh we're spending time together which you are in a sense but being present and intentional is another thing and for those of you who don't know orca is our cat so we got her a cat mm -hmm. stroller and we took her on a little walk down to the shop at and and i i still don't know if she enjoys it i feel like she did I feel like after a little bit, she kind of gets anxiety at first. She's a little bit anxious, like her mama. We share a lot of similar personality traits. You're a cat, woman. I am a cat, I think. So I just wanted to share that idea in case, you know, you're in a relationship and a long-term relationship and you kind of want to keep things at least fresh. It's still so new. I don't know if it's having a positive impact on us so far, but I know one of my love languages is quality time. My, I'd say second. My first is words of affirmation. My second is quality time. So Jason knows how important it is for me to have this intentional time. And so 
Right, and that's why she was just so hurt when I told her. It's going to have to even be more intentional, but a little bit shorter. <laughs> I know. I know. But, I don't know. If you So, if you want to... If you want to do this, some ideas, like we were saying, is you can even just watch a movie together, a movie that you both decide on. And, I mean, mean, Jason always tends to take over on the movie department, so it's nice to actually be able to say, like, let's pick one together, or a show, or, or you can watch porn together, or practice, like, different sexual techniques, or role play or I don't know what other ideas sexy games regular games just anything to where it's just uh, you and your partner just again like I said just being intentional not just mindlessly taking space together yeah yeah so that's mindfulness Mondays the next thing that I want to talk about is I don't even know how I'm really gonna bring this up because it's been the topic of like my conversation with Jason. It's been like my thing this week and I just think it's the funniest thing. I don't think you think it's very funny. I don't know. I'm indifferent about it. Your reaction to me is just so like she's crazy. Okay, so there's this phenomenon. I'm just going to call it a phenomenon. Phenomena? Phenomenon? No, he's right. Phenomenon. (laughs) That, okay, so before Jason... I had only been, my longest relationship was like three months long and I don't even know if you could really call it because it was so off and on and like dysfunctional or whatever because I rarely would commit to relationships. Like I'd go on a few dates or hang out with guys and there would be one thing that just completely was like nope and then once I was like nope I was like out of there and it was something stupid like I went out with this, or not went out, I met this when I, back when I w- lived in England, I met this like British guy, and I've never dated British guys or anything, uh, but I was out and there was this British guy that I thought was like so hot, I thought he dressed so nice, I think his name was Carl, <laughs> and that night, like I think something happened where like there was some drama that went down and he like stood up for me and my friends and I just thought it was the hottest thing and we ended up like making out and stuff and so I got his number and I was like let's go on a date sometime and so we decided to go on a double date with two friends of mine and we pick Carl up and the second we pick him up first of all I'm like his outfit was not like on point like it was the night that we met maybe because it was a night out but I looked down at his shoes and he's wearing these white, I don't even know how to, like bulky ass, like just white shoes. And maybe this was a time when white shoes weren't in, but still they were just bulky. They kind of reminded me of like shoes my brother wore in the 90s. Do you know what kind of shoes I'm talking about? I mean, it was all the time. Osiris's or something. Osiris? Yeah, like the skater shoes, like the oh, bulky yeah, white skater know. shoes. And I think they were dirty. Anyway, I looked down and I was like, oh no. And the rest of the date didn't go well because I was just like wrapped up in his shoes. And so it would be like silly little things like that where I'm like, how shallow am I? Or when, when Jason and I started dating, I was waiting when we started going on dates, I was waiting for him to give me this like feeling that I had gotten with so many other guys and like, that's what I hated. It was like, once I got it, it was just over. I couldn't go back from it. 
the closest I ever got to having it with you was when you took off your shoes for the first time and I saw your feet, which you're putting on me right now. I know we've moved past it, but I looked down, I was like, oh no, oh no. And the next morning you left my house and it was snowing and I like walked outside and <laughs> I think you were wearing pointy shoes cause we'd like mm -hmm. gone out, out. So mm -hmm. you, your shoes were already kind of long and pointy and it looked like leprechaun footprints or but no leprechauns are small <laughs> like if bigfoot and like leprechauns <laughs> like um if they breed breeded bread 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 together i don't know i'm supposed to be the wordsmith here right but. yeah i just had some uh wingtip shoes so they come at a point <laughs> um at the tip so yeah they were like some dress shoes or like a jester a jester <laughs> With your gestures, there's like curl up at the toe. Okay. So you just, you just, the fact that, yeah, I'm saying my toe came to a point. <laughs> so not really cowboy boot point, but like still, like I said, wingtip. And so, yeah, Lauren being the little 20 year old something that she was at the time. I was like, oh no, oh no. But I was able to move past it because there were so many other things that like I liked about you, but. <laughs> Okay, so my point of saying all this is I always thought like there's something wrong with me or like what is what is this phenomenon? Turns out TikTok, as it does, has educated me. It, this is a thing called the ick. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's the perfect way to describe. It's almost like having secondhand embarrassment for a guy. Well, that's how it's been described on TikTok is like, more toward guys. We don't, I haven't really heard anything about like guys getting the ick for girls. And me, I don't know if it's just a girl thing because we are such visual creatures or we, I don't, I don't, I don't know why it's so specific to women about men, but like, I just think it's the funniest thing. And so all week I've been joking around with Jason, like with stuff, like talking about like, oh, that just gave me the ick. Like, oh, you're giving me the ick. Yeah, and it's not amusing at all to me. It's just like, it's, it's just pretty much saying, like, I, she says, oh, you give me ick. All I hear is, like, oh, you creeping me out. Or, like, I hear ick, and I, it's in my creepy. brain, it says ill. Like, like ick equals ill. Like, you're, you're, like, you're oh. something to me. And I was like, and I just look at it, give her this look, like, like she said. Because I don't think it's fine. I give her this look, and I just walk away. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, and I, you know, I could see that that would, like, hurt your feelings. When mm -hmm. I say it to you right now, though, I'm not, like, I'm doing it more in a comedic way. Just because I've told you what it is. Like, if I want... You mean, if, like, right now in this conversation? No, in general. Uh, like, just joking around with you. If I actually had the ick for you, I probably wouldn't tell you. Like, <laughs> I would that's just... even worse. I would just be silently disgusted. <laughs> that's even worse. I know, I'm going to hell for what? some what? reasons, and that's one of them. But I saw a TikTok, too, that I showed Jason that was like, um, uh, hold on, let me pull it up. Okay, I found it. It says, just saw someone say they got the ick from the way their boyfriend's body flailed around when they got in a car crash. Oh, yeah. It's just so dark. Like, that's not the kind of ick that I'm talking. Like, that's taking it a little too far, I think, and that's kind of messed up, or really messed up, but... Anyway, that's a little taste into my dark sense of humor. I just feel like, come on, like we gotta make light of some things. There's just so much heaviness going on in the world. Am I right? Not people getting a car accident, though. 
<laughs> no, but I understand your point. Come on. <laughs> we just watched a special last night with um God, why did I want to call him Dave Chappelle? Um now Which I'm thinking one? Cat this... Williams. Right, uh, Snoop, Williams. Snoop Dogg's yeah. like special or whatever, but yeah. all the comedians are always talking about like how we can't joke around about things anymore and like we gotta we gotta be able to go somewhere. So I mean, if I genuinely hurt your feelings about the ick, just let me know. And I'll take, well, it, take it, the jokes elsewhere. It, it, <laughs> I'll put them on someone else like I did. No, I just, like I said, I just walk away. I'm just like, okay, I see how you feel. Which, you know, just let me know how you feel. There's nothing good. But I don't genuinely feel that. Then why say? Because I found a new vocabulary word that <laughs> I want to practice it. Oh, my God. Uh, well, yeah, like you said, it's new vocabulary word, and you, you were using it, so it was just like, okay. That's I think all. you're silly a lot of the times, but, you know. Yeah, I'm silly in general, but not like... I don't think it... No, and I, I guess it could sound like ick, like you're icky, like right. you're, you're gross. Right. But it's, to me, it's more so like secondhand embarrassment or just like, like ugh, you're weird. Exactly. <laughs> Which I, I'm sure... If I were you, I would get the ick toward me many times. Well, I give myself the ick all the time. <laughs> I do. And I guess I'm like so easily embarrassed, so that's why I, I couldn't like get that secondhand embarrassment for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I was just like, uh, yeah, I'm not often embarrassed. So. And that makes sense, and maybe that's what it is with me because I'm so easily embarrassed that I'm easily embarrassed for other people right, exactly. too. Exactly. Wow. You just psychoanalyzed me. That's what I do. Yes, yes. So one thing I thought that I do want to bring up too, I know there was one more thing we want to talk about, but do you want to talk about, um, do you want to talk about the conversation with Jalen and like how raising him with empathy and what that looked like? Oh, and the whole weekend? nature versus nurture conversation we had or just the fact that in general how like, We've uh we've raised him to be like aware and like just open about how he feels and stuff like that. Like, yeah, because I just feel like Jalen's kind of been on your mind, especially really since Father's like Father's Day and stuff. Like, and I'm not asking you to get like emotional or anything. I'm not bringing it up because I want you to. Mm-hmm. What made me think of it was well, I mean, just right now we want to talk on here about things that have been on our minds, and mm-hmm. I brought up the ick, so I figured we could bring up. Or you could, well, I brought it up, but you could, <laughs> we could talk elaborated. about, oh, it elaborated. was something, it was something about, um, what was it that made me think of it? I guess just things going on in the world. And so I thought of the overturning of Roe v. Wade that happened this weekend and mm-hmm. like what a shit show that was and you know how that's been hard, but one, one really good I wouldn't say silver lining, but one thing that came out of that was, first of all, when the decision came out, so Jalen is, for those of you listening, Jalen is Jason's son from a previous marriage. He's my bonus son. He's 16 years old and he lived with us. So when you and Chanel got divorced, you had the agreement that when he do you want to just say yeah yeah whenever like so we had agreement once he turned like around 10 years old he would come live with me because i was in my opinion 
uh, being a young man, like those ten starts that whole development of going from a young boy to a y- to a young man to a man, and so that's why I thought it was to me important for him to to have that like firsthand experience with me, uh, with him coming to live with us, with me being the primary um, guardian and stuff like that at that at that point in time in his life. Yeah, because those are really formative years, and you just wanted to, yeah, have, for him to have his father figure. So, mm-hmm. uh, so which he, do, I mean, he did. He does have a really wonderful stepfather too. Yeah, so there's exactly. no denying that. But I feel that you know, it you, you and Chanel had decided it's different. You know. So anyway, so he had lived with us for the last six years or so in Vegas from nine to fifteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He moved in with us when he was nine because that's just how the school year worked. And he was supposed to live with us until he was 18, but we got orders to Japan and we gave him the decision. So he chose that he wanted to live in the States with his mom, stepdad, and he's got a three, is she four now? Three-year-old sister? Yeah, I think three about to be four. Three-year-old sister and then two step-siblings. So he made that decision and, you know, it's obviously like comes with pros and cons and, and that's something that we've been adjusting to, but... My point is that we worked really hard over the six years that we had him during those formative years to really just try and infuse some of our most important values into him and get him comfortable with speaking up and having a voice. I think so many kids these days feel, and not just these days, in general, can be easy to feel intimidated or like what you have to say isn't important or you don't know enough or you're not smart enough or you're afraid of backlash or whatever. And so something that was always really important to me was that I had difficult conversations with Jalen all the time, no matter how hard they were, how emotional they got. And I started that really from the moment he moved in with us. He would, our first house that we lived in with him had a pool in the backyard and I would sit out there in the mornings and have breakfast and he would come join me and he would ask me any questions that he wanted to. I would, like, no topic was off limits. I would always answer and that was kind of, while I had a hard time being a mom to him in so many other ways, that was one area that, where I felt like was such a strength. And, And Jason, like, you've always just been such a patient father. And I, but I think we really complimented each other there because there were things I felt like you were uncomfortable or didn't know how to articulate or whatever. With yeah, him. it was just it was just certain things that uh, like that he would ask or that he would that he wanted to know that I would give him my opinion on it. But it's just certain things he just felt more comfortable with. Like said, I'm all for asking you about just because. You're not his biological mom. You're not his dad. You know what I'm saying. So, like, like I said, like, with, and then with you, with you, like, being younger, you know, so not that much younger than me, but still, you being younger and have a different mindset. So I feel like he, some of the stuff he only asked you. So it wasn't that like he would ask me, and I was like, oh, to talk to Lauren. Like, no, he would like only ask you because he already. He values your opinion or values your input on a subject matter to where other and that's just how enlightened he is just as a person. He's just like, you know what? I want to know Lauren's opinion on this, and if he wanted to know my opinion on something, yeah, he'll ask me. But and then he was like always good about like 
understanding or knowing kind of who he wanted to talk to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think while he did ask me a lot of questions in the early years, I feel that he wasn't comfortable expressing his opinion or he didn't know how. And there were so many times that I would ask him, like, what do you think? And he would either say, like, I don't know or something. And I remember saying to him pretty often, like, Jalen, I want to know what you think. I don't want you to just tell me what you think I want to hear. Like, I want to originally know your original thoughts. So that's important to this story and this conversation because it took probably up until we were about to leave for him to really start to be able to express how he really felt. And especially because in the height of the political climate of 2020 is when we were having, as a family, the difficult conversation of politics and 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 everything that goes along with that of social justice and things like that. And we wanted to make it clear from the start that like, we're not telling you how to think, we're not telling you what side to be on, but these are the values that are important to us as a family. These are the values that we embody and you get to decide who you wanna be and what you wanna do with that. So long backstory on that, but anyway, that I guess that shows why it was so important, why he knew it was so important to me because he knew how much I would care about something like mm -hmm. what what went down with Roe v. Wade. And so he uh, called me, it was like 2 a.m. our time. <laughs> and it's so funny because I sometimes he does like call in the middle of the night and like, because we've told him, I don't know how he looks at time zones or whatever, but I checked my phone in the morning and I told Jason, I was like, your son called at like 2 a.m. And we joke, you, you jokingly were like, read the room, Jalen. Mm -hmm. And then we later realized like he really was reading the room, but not in the way that we thought. So he had called me to tell me, like to talk to me about it and stuff. But instead I ended up just DMing him because I saw on his stories. But anyway, long story short, he had basically said that... Like, he, he was talking to me, yeah, I can read it too, but uh, he was talking to me about, you know, how frustrated he was that guns have more rights than women in America. And like, again, he was bringing this to me, which I first of all thought was amazing. And that he shared it on his stories, that he wasn't just, because I talked to another family member of ours that's like younger, mm -hmm. a younger girl. And I told her, I'm like, I'm so sorry you have to grow up in a world like this. And she said, oh, I mean, it's fine. It's frustrating. But and I was like, no, it is not fine. And she didn't share anything about it on her stories and stuff. Not to say that I expect that, like, you mm -hmm. know, I'll wait for everyone to not everyone's comfortable doing that. But it was a big deal for me because, first of all, Jalen's a man and not enough men are speaking up about this. So let me pull out the text and read them now that we have the background context. Anyway, so we were talking about it, and then he said to me, I can't imagine how it must feel as a woman. This is an attack on your rights and an attack on many people's rights. And I just said, thank you for recognizing that. So many men don't understand. And then he continued to say, yet weapons are being protected. Literal objects that people use to kill each other are protected more than U.S. citizens. It really shows where the priorities are at. I said, it really does. It's devastating to say the least. 
is this why you called this morning? He said, yes. I said, I'm just so proud of you for caring and speaking up about this stuff. This is important. And then he said, thank you. These conversations need to be had. And that's where it really hit me mm-hmm. because I spent so many years wondering how I was doing as a mother and if he was really like listening to the things that I was saying. And that line is one of my famous lines. <laughs> These conversations need to be had. And I, w- I said that to Jalen so many times when we would have difficult conversations and I, yeah, I would just say to him, these conversations need to be had. So to hear him echo that back to me was just like, it was such a, I, I don't even have words to describe. You know, in that morning where things were so difficult and I was so emotional, I was also emotional from hearing that, but, but for a different reason, just knowing that in the world where things are shitty and people are shitty to just know that at least Jason and I and Chanel and Wally contributed something beautiful mm-hmm. to the world. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, and to also, that was like that kind of like aha proud parent moment that I've always told you that I've kind of wanted for you. Because as his dad, like, he's given me so many of those over the years. You get it all the time, yeah. yeah he's you given do. me so many of those over the years and stuff like that. But, yeah, for you to experience it firsthand, yeah, it is really emotional. And like like Lauren was saying, I got emotional like just thinking about it and then talking to friends about it who, like, being a parent, it just... Those are the moments you look forward to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that made everything worth it. Like, every challenge that I've ever had being a parent was, like, I can't even describe how much my heart just swelled and how much love I had for him. And, you know, they say if you choose not to have biological children, which I'm choosing not to have biological children, people say, well, you'll never know the love. Like, you'll never know that kind of love. But... I can't imagine loving someone more. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I do have that that big love for him. And I do get to experience those moments. That I'm so grateful that he did come and live with us for the time that he did. And that it was just with us. And, you know, like it mm-hmm. was just, it's all just been such a blessing. And it's just worth it. Exactly, exactly. And like like I said, it's good to know when you hear him echo those words back to you that it's not when you talk, it's not going in one ear out the other, right? So just to know that he like takes it in, commits it to memory to where it's just a part of him now. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, he's not letting telling you something you want to hear, he's really telling you what's on his heart and how he felt and stuff like that. It just comes from the ever since he came to live with us to the that he left, just let him know it's okay. And I think um, that growth by him and what you like, what you kind of saw in him when you start bringing more to the table when it comes to conversations, it's just him on his own, just doing research and looking up stuff that he's interested in or, or something. Because he'll come to us and be like, yeah, I saw this on on the internet and like and just start talking about it and just ask her our opinions on it because he he like looked into it and stuff like that or heard about it in school yeah which feels good because he's not like regurgitating i know that i grew up just being told what to think and what to believe and that there were no other opinions allowed in the house and 
if I did try to bring something forward, it was like I was debated against or told that I was wrong for this reason or whatever reason. So I didn't know how to trust my own voice. And I think that's another reason why it was so important for me to instill that in Jalen. It was almost like that was a full circle moment in healing for my inner child to say that, you know, maybe I didn't grow up trusting my voice or feeling like what I had to say was important or having the courage to do my own research and form my own opinions. But here Jalen is like being able to do that. And I played a part in making that happen. Yeah. And, and the same thing with the way I was raised and stuff like that to where like my mom always said like, you can talk to him about anything. And for the most part I did, like I did have that, that freedom to talk to her. But again, just, and that's how I knew I wanted Jalen to come live with us. It's just, you can only talk to your mom or, you know what I'm saying, your Lauren about so many things to where certain things you just want to talk to your dad about and stuff like that. So those conversations that me and Jalen had and, and, um, and again, it just comes from him understanding that, hey, it's, it's okay to have an opinion, to have a voice about stuff. And then to ask other people their opinion, their intake, and you just take it, you're like, cool, but we never talked to him in a way to work. We were trying to change his mind. We just let him know, hey, this is how we feel. This is our opinion on the situation. And then he would tell us that he is. And we, it wasn't, you know what I'm saying, a bad or, you know what I'm saying, it was just like more informative than anything. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just so nice to just see how compassionate and empathetic that he's really chosen to be. Because, again, we've just given him guidance and allowed him to decide who he wants to be. And to be that way at 16, I mean, he always has had that in him, but to now be able to express that mm-hmm. in the way that he does is just, I mean, amazing. Yeah, I think it just came, comes with age, being able to articulate a little bit better, you know, than he did when he was, when you first kind of saw himself when he was 11 or 12, like, or even 13, <laughs> but now he's, like, in high school now, and, you know, he's just learning so much more, not only academically, but about the world. So he's able, you know what I'm saying, to articulate that a little bit better than he used to. And do you think part of that, too, has to do with the fact that he's helping raise his little sister? That, like, instead of being an only child now, he is in a hand where he kind of has to be the more mature one. He has to make sure he's setting a good example. In in certain aspects, I think more so with uh, just from talking to him and seeing him interact with his little sister, I think... More so the patience, mm-hmm. um, then more so feeling like he has to has to be uh, like lead by example because again most of his interaction with her is at home right so it's not really anything out of like he doesn't have to like not really not lead by example with when you're talking about their age difference and just being at home it's more so being patient, being present, being there for her, taking care of her and stuff like that. I see that more so than anything else. And I think with that has come an an innate maturity. So meaning having to care about somebody other than himself, having to like make sure she doesn't do anything she's not supposed to do, that that type of maturity more so than like kind of set an example for her. Yeah, that's what I mean, though, okay. is, is the fact that, like, he can no longer kind of, like, he's no longer the baby, so mm-hmm. he 
he, he almost has to. And obviously not like leading by example because there is such a different age gap, but leading by example in the patience and compassion that he shows to her. And maybe he will be the person in their family that is willing to have conversations with her as she gets older and stuff. And maybe he's more like nurturing in that mm-hmm. way. But I specifically in that was talking about just, I mean, you raised your little brother, so you know how that, how that kind of causes you or forces you to grow up a little bit in mm-hmm. a sense. And when you grow up, it comes with the maturity of, realizing there's a bigger world out there and that you have to start to take responsibility for your thoughts and actions and beliefs and and how maybe they affect his little sister you know mm-hmm. and, and i think more so because yeah, Jalen is definitely a lot more um what's the word you used earlier uh has more empathy than i did at that age just because it may be because he's held raised listen compared to a little brother and stuff like that to where yeah I wasn't that aware of a, of a lot of stuff I was very patient with my little brother but yeah, I wasn't you know uh, thinking about certain things like Jalen is like world events and stuff I was more so concerned about my like small little bubble like just taking care of him and me in our immediate like uh, family neighborhood and stuff like that so I give that, no that's where I always tell Jalen don't be like me, be better than me. So I feel like that's where he has grown and a lot more aware of things than I was at 16 years old. Well, it helps that a lot of information is available at their fingertips versus ours. I think I would have been less sheltered if I would have, if I would have had the chance to just Google things or research things on my own and see different perspectives and then decide from there which perspective that I aligned with or felt made Mm. the most sense. And, and again, I know that like Jalen comes to us with logic and reasoning too. Like mm-hmm. he's not just regurgitating this these opinions. He actually knows why he's saying, and that's something else that we taught him that that's important. So, anyway, the satisfaction of raising children, <laughs> even if they aren't biological, and even if they are. Mm-hmm. All right. So the last thing that I want to talk about is something that I feel. On social media and especially for me TikTok because I watch a lot of TikTok videos there are people on there that either claim to be experts on relationships or things when they're not or talk about things that happen in their own relationship or past relationships and kind of use that not to like fear monger on purpose but that create fear in other people and I feel like there's just so many relationship stereotypes, right? Where... Oh, no, definitely. And, and I don't know, like, you... What's what I'm looking for? I, I really think they are trying to fear monger. I know you say that you feel like they're not trying to do it intentionally, but it's just their tone and the things they're saying, like, how could you not? <laughs> you know, so how, how is that Give not? an example, like, what's the tone? Um... When when people are like, all right, so for instance, one of the memes you show, uh, show me one of the videos, is where the guy's just dancing. It's just like when you know that like he has cheated on his girlfriend multiple times at their wedding. I'm like, what? Like, why put that out in the universe? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you're gonna always like that's 
Because I feel like that's a one trigger, one fear that no man or woman has. Because a lot of them like fear their significant other's past or things they've done in, in the past and stuff like that. That's true. I think it spreads paranoia. Yes. That's There's good. just so many stigmas about relationships. And one thing I want to emphasize is just that every relationship is different. And one thing I think that's made our relationship so successful is that we have, we, it took, it took a while to get to this point, but like once we realized more so it was me that needed to get there. <laughs> Once I realized that our relationship is defined on our terms and that no one else gets to be involved in the decisions and agreements and boundaries that we set in our relationship, that it doesn't have to follow any sort of traditional standards. And this isn't just for people who say want to think outside the box of monogamy or whatever it can be for any relationship whether that's how you raise your children or that's how you run your household can look your own specific way the key is just that it works for you and your partner so there's like there's a lot of videos on social media that are like signs that he's cheating so one that i read recently and i'm bringing this up again to bring different perspectives from because there are so many negative perspectives of certain behaviors and stuff. So I want to talk to Jason to it's weird because I'm like talking to the audience and you at the same time. But I've already talked to you about this, which is why I wanted to bring it up because Jason really is such a unique guy and that took me a long time to adjust to because first of all, you're very secure in who you are and that's jarring at first when you're not used to that. And you are also, like, not necessarily set in your ways, but there are certain things that I've, want, like, felt that, like, oh, and this is one of the things that, what I'm bringing up is one of those things right now. But there are things about you that in the beginning I was, like, jealous about or felt that, like, oh, well, that's a sign that he's cheating or that he will cheat or whatever, like, that he's unfaithful. And so... I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, it just has to do again with my upbringing uh, because I was majorly mainly raised by my mom, who comes like has like uh, six other sisters. So like being around women, so I was raised by strong women, and I've just always uh, loved the company of women over like just hanging out with the guys or somebody because again like I told you. Growing up, that's why I had a small group, a small circle of male friends. I really didn't hang out with too many dudes because dudes, especially in the uh, like late 90s, early 2000s and stuff like that, all dudes, and even probably still now, I just don't hang out with that many single guys anymore. But all you worried about is getting the girls, you know what I'm saying? No matter what that looked like or no matter how you know, that looked, they just, their main focus is getting women, so they just like, as I like to call, as I called it back in the day, or so, like my mom always called it, they would, they would show out, so they would act different from how they were when it was just the guys, then when the girls come around, they act totally different, and it was just like, me, I'm like, the same goofy me where a girl around or not, it's just dependent on if I'm really interested in her, in her as Lauren O, I'll be a little more um, aware of certain things and just uh, 
more aware of her and stuff like that. But again, I'm still going to be me at the end of the day. So I'm not going to do, like I said, I'm not going to show out in order to get her attention and stuff like that. So with that being said, early on in our relationship, I had all these like female friends, or as I like to call my girls, my sisters, you know, so that I would hang out with. And even like to this day, I still have my, my group of uh, female friends, stuff like that. And I think one of the things you were saying, how, you know, he's cheating if he likes girls' uh, pictures on, on Instagram or social media, stuff like that, which I do, but it's just like... I was going to get there. You're, okay. you're, getting, you're Sorry. getting ahead of me Sorry. there. You, so, you took it and ran. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so pretty much what I was trying to say is, no surprise, I like women, and it's, it's like most of the time it's strictly like platonic, you know? Yeah, and you don't subscribe to general forms of masculinity. Yes. AKA correct. toxic masculinity, really, based on what you were describing of being certain ways around the guys versus the girls. I was just well, I today I took a nap to Tyler Perry, Why Did I Get Married? Mm-hmm. And it was again, it's that kind of thing where they're all in a circle and having that like guy talk. Which maybe that's why you don't have a lot of guy friends or feel like you connect with guys a lot because you're very like upfront and straightforward. There is no like fronting with you or whatever. What you would say in front of the guys, you would say in front of the ladies unapologetically, which I appreciate about you. Mm-hmm. It was just like I said in the beginning, it was jarring. It was jarring to not have a guy that was jealous and possessive. And all of these really, I mean, healthy traits, like to not be jealous and not be possessive. But when you live in a world where you don't see that in relationships, it's like, how do I, well, now, how do I adjust to that? Right. And not only that, well, but society tries to tell you, like, if he's not jealous or if he's not, like, possessive, he doesn't care. Yeah, it's like a red flag. Or even especially like if you're attracted to someone if you see anyone but your partner you must not really love them you should have tunnel vision for your person or like if he checks out another woman in front of you that means like he doesn't really love you or vice versa which it's all completely false so i saw a tiktok the other day that said like it was like a part seven of science he's cheating on you and it's this girl recounting past relationships and one of the things she says is like, oh, absolutely. And she, she is actually really absolute in the way that she says it. She's like, if he is liking pictures of women on social media and following a bunch of women, because apparently her guy went into the DMs and, you know, or was following a lot of girls. And she had told him that she was uncomfortable with it and didn't like it, which is an entirely different conversation about boundaries. Mm-hmm. You and I have had that conversation and it's ultimately ended in, Me saying how I felt, you saying your side of things, and then me deciding it wasn't a big enough issue for me to push any further. Mm -hmm. And now I just kind of roll my eyes at it sometimes. Because I told you the other day, I'm like, you like a lot of the thirst trap photos, Mm -hmm. which that's what it's meant for. But also, I like a lot of the thirst trap photos, and I like some eye candy, and... I think it's really about what you do with that. So it's not to be dismissive of anyone who's been cheated on or in toxic relationships. That's really a thing. But I think a major part of why relationships end up with 
secretive conversations or cheating is because there isn't open dialogue or there is so much possessiveness in like you can't look at any woman but me and do you know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. And that thing too, I mean, I so knowing like hearing more of that part, like I feel like yeah, I never go into a girl's DM like that. Like I would comment on there like saying something but just in front of everybody you know what i'm saying so yeah I like mean, having a conversation in a group versus behind closed doors right exactly and yeah again i feel like how can i put it only you are worth that that time for me you, you know what i'm saying i only get because how i am i already don't give that my time is very valuable so i'm not going to just like spend my time like messaging somebody and stuff like that. Like, no, that's time spent on you or given to you. So yeah, that is, that's something I won't do. <laughs> I'm not going to go into somebody's DMs or make an effort to contact, to carry on a conversation, like I said, in private. Cause again, that I probably would have been, like I said, when I was younger and single, I had more conversations like that. But then like I said, being a, having more stuff like between school work and you are just like you know yeah again we talked about this earlier about how you prioritize your time and stuff like that is so low on the priority list yeah which is unique to you so anyone listening might be thinking like great like jason's a unicorn but you talk about how you have so many women friends and right. always have so say and would you feel that there was a difference first of all if a, you had a girlfriend that was going like a friend girl mm -hmm. that was going through like maybe in a new relationship and she noticed that the guy was and they were official they had the conversation and everything she noticed that the guy was liking other people's other women's like pictures on instagram and following like what advice would you give her mm. i would ask her like talk to him like how does that make you feel when he's doing it what is his mindset behind that like what I mean by that, his mindset is just like, is he doing it because he's like, oh, this girl got a nice body, or is it more so like, man, I want to, like, oh, I, I think I can get with her, I want to get with her, like, he, like, you know what I'm saying, like, actually. You think he'd he, admit that to her, though? I don't, again, probably not, but, it, <laughs> but it's just, as you always told me, like, women intuition, right, mm -hmm. just having a conversation, you can kind of pick later. You kind of pick up some body language. How would he even react to trying to have that conversation? So that that right there would tell a woman. Like if he got super defensive, that would be like, okay, that's a red flag. Exactly. Why are you so defensive? Exactly. That that's how kind of I always gauged when I would ask you questions when I was suspicious exactly. about things. You were always very open, patient, explaining your side versus getting, you know, you you would be open to questions. Yeah, because I understood kind of where it was coming from like it's not like you i mean you were like obviously directly questioning me but it's it's obviously you felt something right mm -hmm. like it made you and one of my favorites it made you feel some type of way mm -hmm. so and i respect that so and i respect you so i just want you i want to put that at ease by either like no like look look at this show you i have no problem showing you because again in my mind, it's all like mindless, innocent type of thing. There's no real intention behind my action. It was just really like randomly like just scrolling like, oh, this something caught my eye, heart. 
and just keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm trying to, you know, like you just said, come on to the DMs and stuff like that. Now I got time for that. I give it a heart to keep moving. Well, and when you take the time to slow down and explain yourself too, it allows me to have peace of mind and again, decide what I want to do with that information. Because if it was a deal breaker, fair enough, but at least I got to say my piece and you got to say your piece. But because it ended up being okay on my end or I decided like you because you took the time to be patient and explain yourself you get to continue to do you and be you yeah and I think the so saying that again it goes back to just my mindset on things because a lot of some not even a lot some dudes might say oh I don't have to explain myself no why why you know say why you checking in on me and stuff like that so again certain dudes whether they want to say they're not sensitive or not, having that reaction, mm -hmm. you're being emotional. That's an emotional reaction to her just asking you a question or having a conversation. So again, and again, I sometimes get emotional mm -hmm. when you ask me stuff. I get in my feelings, but again, I'm aware of that and I let you know as well, like, hey, this is how I feel. I understand you're just you just want to talk to me. But I might be like emotionally feeling some type of way at that time, and I just come back, or I just like try to calm myself down, cause I understand where it's coming from for you. You're not trying to, to, uh, to check me or nothing. No, you're just trying to get how you feel out. Yeah, which is completely fine. Like it's okay for either of us to get emotional about it, exactly, and maybe have to take a step back and like process it or. You know, and especially we come into relationships with baggage from other relationships. So maybe if, if I were cheated on that way in the past, I might have a different feeling about it. And then maybe that dynamic would end differently in our relationship. Maybe I would explain that to you and you would say, you know, this seems like it's something that's very important to you. I will we'll find like some agreement or compromise or whatever. Yeah, well, as you know, with me too, is we've, I've said this plenty of times in the past too is that I'm going to put, I'm not going to not put myself in situations just to make it easier for you. And what I mean by that is I'm going to continue being me and, and I might be, I might be put in certain situations, but it's to prove to you that you can trust me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we talked about it too, where when we were dating, I would hang out with my female friends and stuff like that where we were long distance and he was like, oh, you let him hang out with her and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I was like, first of all, she ain't got no choice because I'm a grown man. But at the same time, she can trust me if I'm not going to put myself in a situation where, especially if I want her to trust me, where I feel like I, I would falter. And the fact that a lot of people feel like, oh, if you take out that temptation, I do air quotes, you know, say, oh, it's better. But no, like you said before, if you don't have that trust, it's just going to build up and they're going to find themselves unknowingly in that situation and not know how to act. And then that's when people's like, oh, I didn't mean to cheat and all this and that. I was like, in my mind, I was like, what do you mean you didn't mean to cheat? You know, I, I never understood that, that like excuse for lack of a better word. Well, exactly. You build strength by going to the gym. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? No, so yeah. So you build strength by putting yourself 
not only like putting yourself in situations, not, no, not putting yourself in situations, that's not what I'm trying to say, but you build strength by going through those like trials and mm-hmm. tribulations or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and for, that's how I learned to trust you really was for you to be in those situations where you're hanging out with other women or whatever. And this again, isn't to say that you go and you have friendships like one-on-one friendships with women behind my back or in general, like Mm -hmm. you don't hang out with women one-on-one. And I tried once to have a male friend in a Mm -hmm. relationship and that didn't work out because I did end up developing feelings, but we learned from that and we did so openly with each other and yeah no and yeah and and you're right like that was early on in our relationship where i had those female friends before i knew you right and like like you said like and the only ones i asked you to drop were the ones you had slept with right and those those friends you know it was just all over like social media and stuff like that so, or a lot of them, majority of them was like well, there, there were the ones in person that you were hanging out with that you had either slept with or had feelings with. But the reason that I asked you to drop those friendships is because you weren't, you weren't forthcoming about them, or you weren't, you didn't like it. it the truth of how you had slept with them or whatever came out later, which to me was dishonest. Remember, we had so many relationships in the beginning gotcha. about the difference between lying and then omission. Mm-hmm. You omitted some things which made me distrustful. Mm-hmm. And again, the beginning of our relationship is a lot different than where we are now. Different. There were sketchy things that we've both done, mistakes that we've both made that we learned from, and that's why we are so upfront with each other now so that because you know that I trust you more if you're upfront with me. If right. you came to me today and you said, hey, I have this coworker that I find attractive and I'm having like sexual feelings about her or deeper feelings or whatever, I would respect you more for saying that or like, hey, this coworker came on to me today and she tried to like get with me or she texted me and said this or whatever. I would have more respect and trust you more if you just came straight forward and said that versus me finding out some secondhand way. Exactly. And, and, and that's a, you make a good point. And that just goes not only our growth as a relationship, but our growth as just who we are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, 37 year old Jason is a lot different than 27 year old Jason. And the same thing with you. So twenty-two year old Lauren is different than thirty-two year old. Yeah, exactly. yeah, because you were uh, when we met. You were twenty-seven. I was twenty-two, right? No, I was a little bit younger. Yeah, I think I was like tw- I was twenty-six. You had just turned twenty-one. I think. No, I was twenty-two definitely. Yeah, I was twenty-two when I separated from the Air Force. Right, we met each other before then. What? When I separate? Yeah, before. but I anyway. Semantics. <laughs> Semantics. Semantics. I actually just learned what semantics oh, like, is today. Like, I use that word all the time. Well, I know, but I in my English class that I'm taking, it was like semantics in terms of when you're using it with language. And I was mm. thinking about how we use semantics to say semantics if things are like misunderstood. Like semantics is, anyway. Yeah. That's a nerd, nerd <laughs> moment of mine. Um, but I feel... I feel like even anyone listening who maybe is not on the same page or has, I feel like a lot of people might hear this and still feel that, like feel some type of way, as you say, or it's like, it still is very controversial. I don't expect everyone to agree with our opinions about relationships or understand, 
but I do like to bring that perspective and that different experience. Yeah, and one, as cliche as it sounds, communication is the main thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it all stems back to being able to have a conversation with how you're feeling, whether it's the guy feeling like, oh, you know what I'm saying, you're questioning me, articulate that to your significant letter, know like, hey, you know, I, I, I feel this way. And then that way she said, she can let you know, like, well, I feel this way when you're liking pictures or going to DM and like if, and like you just said, find some common ground, find some middle ground to where um, both are like, feel like they're respected and heard. Yeah, because if it was a deal breaker thing for me, I feel like you would, and because you have in the past, you would compromise and you would change your behavior. But I pick and choose my battles and it really doesn't bother me that much, especially again, because I know you and I trust you so much. Early on in our relationship, we probably would have had a lot more conversations about it than we did. But I think in the past, it would have been more related to the insecurity I had about my body and about you liking pictures of women who had like certain butts or like boobs or whatever and me feeling like, oh, I'm not enough for him physically. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way anymore because we've gotten to a point, we've done a lot of work for me to realize that first of all, I'm one flavor of a woman. You like this flavor, you like other flavors too. And that's completely fine. You're one flavor of a man. I like your flavor, but life partners, are different than attraction Mm -hmm. we've chosen each other because of the strength of our connection our communication the work we've done over the years and not necessarily because we find each other to be the most attractive human being on the planet i think attraction is subjective it varies over time i'm attracted to you more than anyone else because of so many other attributes that have nothing to do with physical Mm -hmm. so I can understand and appreciate now why you can appreciate the a woman's body for different reasons Mm because I can too Mm -hmm. exactly exactly I totally agree yeah all right ready to wrap it up yes ma'am are you hungry oh no I had a protein shake earlier I still uh, if you guys listening have any uh, food or recipe ideas for me let me know because I'm in kind of a recipe food rut like just food doesn't sound good right now to me and I've been kind of cooking the same stuff like I cooked pasta last night and now I'm like gosh what do we even have tonight for me to cook am I gonna have to cook pasta again I don't know I don't know so uh well do you have anything else to say before we wrap up um by the time y'all hear this it'll be the 4th of July, so happy 4th of July, everybody. America's trash. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's been the running joke. What did I run into the room and say? Because I'm performing at the 4th of July festival, and I jokingly said to Jason that uh, I was going to go up on stage and say, the 4th of July is a whitewash oh, yeah. Or something oh stupid. She's so silly. Uh, again, comedic relief. We need it every once in a while. Uh, so anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining today, Jason. You're welcome. Nice long episode. It's always long too when there's more than just me. But also, I personally love long podcasts. 
If I see that it's less than 30 minutes, I'll just skip over it. That's crazy. Well, because I turn it on and I like to get, like, really... Lost into it. Yeah, because I'll be doing housework or whatever. I don't want to have to stop what I'm doing and change my podcast every 20 minutes or whatever. So, if you appreciate this long format, uh, let me know. If not, then listen to my solo episodes. That'll be shorter. (laughs) And come connect with me on Instagram. Tell me your thoughts. I'm at Lauren M. Kendrick, and I will talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or leave a five-star review wherever you listen. Have an idea you want to pitch or just feel like chatting with me about the episode? Come find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kendrick. Can't wait to hear from you.